Hey there, my fellow intellectuals. How are you doing today? This is Kyle from the future before the podcast episode begins. And I'm filming this post-commentary because I want to sort of clear the air and explain the the origin of this episode before it begins. This episode is one that I filmed about four months ago in January when I went on a trip to Hawaii. And I just didn't want to upload this one because, well, for a number of reasons. One, I think I got interrupted a few times because I was in a hotel room and I, I think my train of my train of thought was just sort of derailed uh, at certain points. And I'm just very critical, self-critical of of my uh, myself and my episodes and the content I produce. And I was sort of on the fence of whether or not I wanted to actually upload it. But it was the only episode I filmed in Hawaii. I brought all of my gear, my camera, a good quality microphone. Um, through through uh, security terminals in, in multiple airports just to film one episode. And I feel like, you know, I don't want that effort to have gone to waste. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's sort of the experience when you're filming on the road. You're just sort of at the mercy of, um, I guess, the conditions that are present at the situation. So um, may not be my personal favorite episode, but I felt that because I went through all that effort to film and talk about my experience in Hawaii back in January, it was my first time ever being in Hawaii, that I felt that, you know, you guys should probably see what I was thinking and, you know, uh, hear my thoughts and um, just sort of hear how I explained my my first ever trip there. So I hope you guys are understanding. I know it's been a long time since I made a podcast episode. I'm sorry about that. Another reason why I haven't been uploading those podcast episodes is because sort of this one. I just, I didn't feel right making a new one without having this one up. And I didn't really want to, to just, just upload th that one at a, at a random time and have it be way out of sequence because it happened all the way back in January. So hopefully with this episode, things will get back on track. So with that, uh, I will end the post commentary and I hope you guys will enjoy my first podcast episode I ever filmed in Hawaii. So enjoy. Aloha, my fellow intellectuals. Welcome back to Highly Variable. I'm your host, Kyle Kabasadis, and greetings from Hilo, Hawaii. I am on the Big Island for this trip that I am taking to Hawaii. This is my first ever time to Hawaii, and I am loving it. I'm really enjoying myself here, and I thought I would tell you a little bit about the trip and, you know, the science that... I'm doing here. This has pretty much been a trip that has that has been, you know, focused on doing science and doing research as well as presenting research and meeting people. And I'll tell you a little bit about the different things that have happened uh, during this trip. So I'm going to take off these sunglasses. If you're watching on YouTube, you see me wearing these sunglasses. It is not sunny whatsoever. It is cloudy, rainy, uh, and foggy here in Hilo. So uh, I'm not even going <laughs> to pretend that it's sun, 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 sunshine, I can't even speak, sunshine and paradise. Uh, still paradise, just no sunshine. But essentially this trip I'm taking is completely for research and graduate school purposes. I am here in Hawaii for three different things. So I was here for the American Astronomical Society meeting, which happened in Honolulu. So I was in Oahu for the first part of my trip. And... Uh, I guess I'll talk about each part before I go into any detail. So the, the first one was the double AAS meeting, so AAS 235, and then next part of my trip was supposed to be for a Gemini North Observatory observing run that I'm sort of just helping out on, or was supposed to be helping out on. Unfortunately, the Gemini North Observatory run 
pretty much is not happening at all for the most part because of the bad weather. It is like snowing and ice is forming on Mauna Kea and on the observatory on Gemini North, so that's not really happening. And the last thing that I'm here for, which is why I'm, I'm in this particular hotel, is for the sub-millimeter array interferometry school, their inaugural interferometry school. So it's going to be a five-day school where we're going to learn about the basic principles of interferometry. We're going to actually learn about how to take interferometry uh, measurements with the submillimeter array, and then we're going to do some data reduction with the targets that we observe. So that is, in a nutshell, the three things I am here for, and I guess I'll go back to the AAS meeting, which happened about a week ago, week ago which I presented at. So for those of you who are unaware uh, about the, the sort of procedures or the important things you should do as a graduate student in the sciences is presenting your research at a scientific conference. And this is not just restricted to graduate students, you can do this as postdocs and professors and uh, undergraduates as well, but it's, I think it's very important to do when you're in the young stages of your academic career. So I presented a poster at the AAAS 235 meeting in Honolulu, which featured my research, which was on the measurement of two different black hole masses in two separate galaxies. So I spent two hours of a day uh, one day of the conference just talking to people who would come up to my poster and explain what, what my research was about, what I did, and I even got judged by a poster judge. So they, they had poster judges that you could enter, uh, or that, that would, who, that would uh, judge your poster if you entered it yourself into this poster competition, which I did, partially just as a way to ensure I would have at least you know one or two people to come to me and talk to, uh, talk to my poster, talk to me about my poster, sorry. And I think the interaction with the judge went pretty well. They just asked me standard questions like, what was the main takeaway of my research, difficulties that I came across, the detailed steps that I took to achieve the goal of measuring the black hole masses, and implications of the work, and what to do in the future, and what this means for the field. So those types of questions were asked, and I think I answered them to the best of my ability. And I'm overall pretty satisfied with how the poster and the presentation came out. So I had a really, really good time at the conference. Uh, I was there for uh, three days or four, five, six, seven. Technically, I was there for four days. So I, I, I had a lot of time to interact with people that I have met previously before in person and people I have not met uh before in person, but I have known through social media, so I got to meet so many different people on hashtag Astro Twitter that I communicate with on Twitter, not on a daily basis, but you know, on a weekly, maybe bi-weekly basis, and it was just really nice to meet you guys, so those of you, I can't really name all of you right now, because I'll feel bad if I left anyone out, but you know you know who you are, and if you're listening to the podcast, I'm really grateful for you guys coming back and checking out the uh, the podcast I create. So, you know, shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome. I had a great time meeting you guys in person, having you know uh, conversations, and even sharing some meals with you guys during the conference. So that was uh, that was great. And if you hear that sound, that is the housekeeping people in my hotel on the walkie-talkie. So. Uh, apologies if that's uh, if that's annoying, but hopefully they'll leave soon enough. But yeah, the conference was great. I mean, I listened to a lot of different uh, poster talks. I sat in on a lot of different oral sessions where graduate students and postdocs were giving uh, presentations on their research. And I think the thing about research is that 
at least on the graduate student level and above, is that after a certain point, and I think this just applies to all levels, I shouldn't just restrict that to just graduate students and above, for all levels, when you're doing a research project, you become so entranced and so just rooted in the project that you're doing, and you develop a sort of competency after a certain period of time. But then as soon as you go out of that, that area, your sort of knowledge about other things perhaps is like sort of drops off. Not to say you're completely clueless about other things, but you're not as, you know, uh, in tune or just you don't know the day-to-day activities of another research project or field because you're just not in it. Uh, and you might have a you might have a general idea of how things are done, but you might not know the intricacies that you would for your own research project, which I think is very normal. And I I'm just amazed at how much astronomy is being done. I, I know that, that sounds kind of silly. I mean, it's a huge, huge research field, but at the same time, it just seems it, it just seems amazing to me how the whole I mean, it's the whole universe, right? I mean, how can I be too surprised? But it's just it's just kind of a shame, I think, that I can't learn it all to the same level of knowledge that I have for my own research project because that's just not feasible. But at the same time, I'm I'm very uh, grateful that there are people who do dedicate that same amount of time to their respective research projects and can make great advances in their respective fields. So just overall amazing time, got a lot of free stuff from the conference. They gave us, you know, conference bags and there were a lot of booths that had stickers and pins and buttons, all that good stuff, pens. Uh, And man, I just, every day was just long and kind of tiring, but so worth it. I, I tried a lot of good food while I was in Honolulu, so I had a lot of Thai and Japanese, had some sushi, um, also had some Hawaiian barbecue stuff. It was just great. Food is food in Hawaii is amazing. So, uh, yeah, come to Hawaii if you can, uh, if you can, because it's 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 pretty great. And uh, I'm trying to think if anything else really stood out to me from the conference. Um, and I think one thing that was helpful was that I practiced my my poster presentation at least for my own uh, you know for my own my own scientific and academic development. My roommate and I, so my roommate Cody, Cody, if you're listening, hi Cody. Um, we rehearsed our posters the night before our presentations because we were presenting on the same day, and we you know gave each other feedback and we practiced. And I think. We both, I can only speak for myself, but I think Cody feels the same way. If if not Cody, please leave a comment and tell me I'm wrong. But I think we both felt that the poster presentation went better than expected. I, I always have this sort of slight fear when giving a poster presentation that it's going to be some really mean professor who's going to grill me on my research and just try and expose me for not knowing anything about my subject field. But this time I felt, well... I say this time because it implies that I've I've had an experience like that before. I I wouldn't say I was ripped apart by a professor before, but I was sort of talked to sternly by a professor before saying that I need to do a little bit of a better job, which I kept that in mind for future conferences. So this time I felt I'm ready, I practiced, I did the research myself. Pretty much every figure in this diagram or in my poster was made by me. And when that's the case, I know how it was made. I can explain why I made it. I can explain why the axes are chosen the way they are. And that really just helps 
me as the presenter feel confident when I know that most of this stuff is my own original research. I did take a figure from another paper and sort of adapted it to try and explain what uh, what went into my method section. But at the same time, that paper is really uh, a seminal paper in my field, and I, I refer to that paper a lot, so I really understood what that paper was talking about and that figure in specific. So. I think this presentation was probably one of the best ones I've ever given, if not the best one. I, I'm gonna actually probably gonna say it's probably the best one because I, it's the longest continuous research project I've ever done. So yay, poster presentation, good. Um, and again, just, I met a lot of amazing people at AAAS 235 that I either knew beforehand or didn't know beforehand, and it was just great to meet them. And I would go into detail, but then I'd be here for hours because I've just met I've just met so many amazing people. So you you guys know who you are. You're amazing, and I hope to get to see you guys soon. So moving on to the next part of my trip, I went to Gemini North Observatory, or the, or the remote controlling room, remote controlling room of uh, Gemini North Observatory in Hilo. So I flew from Honolulu to Hilo and met up with the group that I'm helping with observe Gemini North and I only observed really one night there because of weather so the first night I arrived was the only night we actually stayed up the whole night but we really didn't get any signs our own science targets unfortunately because the weather again was not permitting us to get great measurements of it but at the same time it wasn't bad enough weather that we could just close up the dome and say let's just go home and sleep so it was one of those nights where you stay up and you don't really get interview on science, which kind of sucks, but it happens. And then the next couple of nights have just gotten completely weathered out. So that really didn't uh, get to happen. I did do some training for Gemini North observing, um, but at the same time, there's no real training than actually like doing the actual science. Uh, so maybe next time. But it was a great experience nonetheless to go see Gemini North and catch up with a few people on the team that I haven't seen in a, in a, in a while. So really great and now I am still in Hilo to be here for the submillimeter array interferometry school so this is their first ever school where they are bringing in students from around the world to learn about interferometry and then learn how it specifically applies to the submillimeter array which is very useful for me because my research uses interferometry or uses radio interferometry to take measurements. I don't use the submillimeter array, but I use the Anacama large millimeter submillimeter array, uh, also known as ALMA, that is in Chile. So this is a very, very useful workshop for me to, to attend and gain as much knowledge as I can about radio interferometry. And for those of you who are uh, not familiar with radio interferometry, all that really is is that we're using multiple, 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 multiple. I said multiple, multiple uh, radio arrays or radio antenna as sort of as a, as a combined big telescope because radio wavelengths are typically long. You need a huge. You would normally need a huge dish to resolve radio wavelengths that are coming in from extragalactic sources, but there is a fundamental sort of limit to how big we can build any one big dish or one big radio array. But what you can do with radio interferometry is you can take a bunch of smaller little arrays and arrange them in a configuration that sort of simulate the observing power of a telescope of that diameter. So for example, if you have 
a radio interferometer that has a baseline of like a kilometer, then you are essentially trying to simulate a telescope size of one kilometer in diameter. Now there are some issues with that when you're trying to sample the data because obviously you don't have a, a kilometer long array, but you have separate arrays that are at a distance of a kilometer. But with enough computing power, you can sort of recreate the missing you know, spots in your big telescope dish, essentially, your, your synthetic big telescope dish. And these principles of interferometry have been used to make you know, breakthrough discoveries uh, in, in our field of black hole mass measurements. So ALMA has been able to measure black hole masses uh, extremely accurately and precisely looking at the gas kinematics at the central parts of certain galaxies. And I, as a budding young ALMA modeler, I guess, it's, hard, it's kind of hard to describe what I do. I mean, I say I do radio astronomy, uh, and that's in itself really big. So if those of you who've been following the show know that I've been working on modeling uh, ALMA observations to try and measure the masses of black holes. Uh, and I think, to, I think for me to expand my repertoire and include this background in interferometry, and data reduction for the SMA is, is just going to be invaluable. I think it's going to really help solidify my, uh, I don't want to say belonging, but just my, my background knowledge in the subject. So, yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm sorry if the podcast has been a little bit dis- disconnected uh, a bit. I'm a little bit tired from all the traveling. I just you know, have been traveling so much, uh, and I'm looking forward to get back to getting back to the mainland, United States, next week. But um, you know, thank you again for tuning in, for you know my ramblings as always, my highly variableness as always. I mean, that's never going to change. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you don't like it. But if you don't like it, you're probably not here. So if you're still here, you probably like it. So thanks for sticking around. But um, this is going to be a bit of a short episode because I'm on a bit of a tight schedule and I don't know when I get to film again and this was a this was like the one golden opportunity I had of time to try and get a podcast episode while I was in Hawaii. So yeah, here it is. I hope you enjoy it enjoyed it and uh, thank you for watching.